Welcome to SN Hell. My name is Keith. With me as always, my good buddy, Matt. Hello, Matt. Hello, Keith. So tonight we are uh, recording one of our mini episodes. This one is the, uh, I guess the best way to put it, is the cast member of the year. At the end of every episode, each of us uh, pick our favorite cast member of the night. Selections are made each night. At the end of the year, I tally up who got the most and we rank the cast. Tonight, I'm going to reveal the results of that. It means nothing in the long run. Nobody's going to make money from this, but it's just a fun thing Matt and I like to do. Yeah, and uh, I mean, accept donations. Don't get it wrong. <laughs> donations accepted. Mini episodes are a nice little, uh, nice little. Uh, what, what do they call it? An amuse bouche of <laughs> for the yeah. show. Enjoy, enjoy this little amuse bouche of SNL. <laughs> So we had 20 episodes this year. Three people are picked each night, and uh, that's a total of 60. So if you're going to sweep, um, if someone was going to sweep the season, they're looking at 60 points. Nobody sweeps the season, but uh, it, do, it does get quite quite competitive. We have some ties in there worth noting. So, uh, yeah, here we go. This one will be a shocker to some super fans, I suppose, but winning only one star of the night this year are uh, – Buck Henry, O.J. Simpson, and Christopher Lee, Steve Martin, and John Belushi. This podcast is not kind to Belushi sometimes. <laughs> Me especially. But often sometimes our third chair is you're probably the most forgiving. Yeah, and I was the one that gave him a, a best of. It was for the uh, Mary Kay Place episode, I believe. He did do some good work this year, but he's also still doing a lot of the same old, same old. I'm really interested because in the coming weeks, very soon, we're going to be reviewing Animal House. And I, I want to see, I'm starting to wonder with Belushi, like, is it you had to see him in the time? That's what I was thinking to myself while you were talking there. I'm like, maybe it's just aged really poorly because I bet uh-huh. you in the moment that it was super cool and really hot. And it's just, it's it hasn't made its way into the 21st century. It uh, kind of got left there. Also, I've never seen Animal House, so that'll yeah. be fun. You know, uh, and there is a lot of, like, it has to be in the time, uh, no doubt. But we're also saying what, you know, part of our job, I guess, is to say what still holds up well. And uh, and Belushi's not one of them. And, and, I mean, I understand if you go back to the time, and I've said this on other episodes, like, this was a time where a comedian on TV was clean-shaven and wore a suit. So to see John Belushi coming out, you know, sometimes hanging out of a T-shirt, having not shaved for three days, that alone was was probably worth it at the time. Certainly trailblazing. Trailblazing in the sense that now I think of all these schlubby comedians and I'm like, geez, thanks, Belushi. <laughs> he, he certainly had a huge impact, uh, you know, and, and maybe it's my age, too. But I mean, until I was 16 or 17, the Belushi that I saw most of was Jim. <laughs> you know? Oh, me too. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He, he had a run in the 80s yeah. for sure. Uh, yeah, for sure. Might have scratched into the early 90s before obscurity kind of swallowed him up. And there's no doubt that the uh, that our SNL Belushi, our current SNL Belushi, was a trailblazer. I just don't find him that funny. Yeah, well, you're you right. It, it just hasn't stood up for me. No, if we're going to review Murphy Brown today, it's not going to get the grades it would have got 30 years ago. Also with two points, uh, based on one skit, actually, or sketch, actually, is uh, Al Franken. <laughs> is it the beauty pageant? It was the beauty pageant. It was yeah. the beauty pageant. <laughs> <laughs> You and I both, uh, I, I think, picked him for that. 
we were both big fans of Al Franken that night. Also with two points uh, this year, disgustingly underused Garrett Morris. Definitely underused because he doesn't like, you know, I know he's there, but it, unless it's really something far out, it does not register with me. He's such a background player. Yeah. Yeah. You and I both gave Garrett his his uh, his due. I gave it for the Ray Charles episode. You picked Garrett for um, the O.J. Simpson episode. Next up in I guess it's fifth place. We have Bill Murray. Bill Murray getting over the new kid vibes, uh, really integrated into the cast this year. There is some sort of stylistic repetition with what Bill Murray does, but a lot of his stuff is really, really strong. Yeah, he's uh, he's really good at developing his characters uh, lately which I really think is going a long way. And maybe it's because of the, the nature of the show at this time, or just the, na- I should, I should say the name, the nature of television at this time, not yeah. just necessarily the show, but they're getting room to breathe and grow and not just, Oh, that didn't work. Kill it. Yeah. Cause he did have a lot of that early on. Like that didn't work. Kill it or kill him in some cases, you know, I did not like at all his, uh, his weekend update character when he first did it, but uh, I certainly grew on me. I, I was, yeah. By the time his most recent appearances of it were made, uh, I was looking forward to it. You know, it's it's 40 some years later. It's Bill Murray. But I got to ask, do you still get new kid vibes off him at all? Or is he in like Flynn now? You know, I still think I do a little. Yeah, I don't. It's funny. I don't at all. Not even in the slightest. Perhaps season four will erase that for me. But or or I have no like tangible things to point to. Next up, fourth place. Again, I think maybe not underused, but definitely under remembered and underappreciated. It's our scream queen herself, Lorraine Newman. Yeah, I think um, I love Lorraine Newman. Yeah, same. No, me too. I just find her misused sometimes or like she I, I do think she should be in more. She's super. I think in this season we got to see like a lot of different sides of her. I'm still a little disappointed that they dropped that weird weekend update reporter she did and she just started doing <laughs> it as herself. Yeah. Um, but she's certainly, you know, I can think of sketches when she gets a lot of these weird little characters mm-hmm. uh side characters <laughs> i remember her with the mohawk and the mohawk master yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> her face with that hair ah she's great very funny surprise that she's not a little higher but shit we're running out of cast members third place the king has fallen dan Aykroyd with 11 picks lorraine had nine bill had seven yeah dan is 11 he has won the last two seasons uh by quite a margin um this year he's down to me i can only point it to one thing and that's weekend update dan had so much time taken away from other things to do update which he obviously didn't like and uh, we didn't like it either (laughs) (laughs) no he hated it visibly i also think there was some overexposure of him this season you know maybe he was less involved in the writing but i i found like when he would come out it used to always be uh some sort of a standout and now he's Mm -hmm. you know it's i wouldn't i don't want to say his characters have become lazy that's not certainly what i mean but uh when he comes out it's just there's not there's a fire that's missing. It's not as zany. Maybe it's uh-huh. just he's not having as good a time. But, I mean, he's, he's still in a lot of great shit. He's in the Conehead sketches. Yep. And, uh, of course, he's the other fest drunk brother. And, he, you know, he has his moments. But I, I just remember him this season being in more drudgery than previous seasons. And it could just be my memory. But this year he seems to, well, certainly update. But after that, um, he hasn't been as weird um, this season as like some of these weird things that would come from out of left field in seasons one and two 
um, don't seem to be there, or maybe we're just more used to it. But uh, either way, um, it wasn't his year to win with us. Not that it was far apart or anything, but... No, it was less weird. You're right. Which is kind of what I I, kind of meant the same thing, I guess, when I described it as more drudgery than Mm -hmm. usual. And one and two, it's a tie, actually. We have uh, both Jane and Gilda with 12 each. Kind of surprised me. I knew Gilda was going to be up there, but uh, we'll start with Gilda here. Yeah, I knew she'd be up there, but... uh, I was surprised to see that she did as well as Jane did. Um, But uh, she had a great year, Gilda, especially with us where we weren't seeing the love. And uh, suddenly this year, a light bulb come on for me where I was like, oh, that's why people loved her. What do you think it was? What what do you, uh, was she just featured more, better characters? I think she was used more widely. um, And we weren't seeing Emily Latella all the time or... Baba Wawa all the time. You know, we were getting to see a bit more. We saw Judy Miller. We saw, um, and there was just some good stuff, you know, um, even if it was something really weird, like when she played Leon Spinks's mom and was just giving that weird look at the camera, just, uh, I think there was more for her to do this year. And one thing, I mean, you got to remember if you're doing Emily Latella, that's 10 minutes. You're not going to have to do something else. So I thought she just did really well. And maybe we saw more of what people remember, you know, I think certainly with Roseanne, Rosanna, Dana, and correct me if I'm wrong, you know, as we record this, my, it could be my perception is altered, but I, I just found that she also played more uh, regular women characters and not necessarily children or the elderly. Yeah, there was that. Uh, she certainly still did children, um, weren't as many elderly women, but she did play more, I guess, quote unquote, grown up roles. I think she just had a better spread of roles. She more than anyone has been saddled in these repeating characters we have to see every week. Which is gonna... exhausting. And number one, she's uh, been number one in your heart since season one. Um, but this is the first time she's finished at the top, though she never had a bad season, is Jane Curtin. Matt, I'm going to let you talk about Jane first. When we started doing this, I knew Jane Curtin was on the show. I had no idea that I was going to like her as much as I did. Find her as funny as I do. Uh, I just knew she was there. And I knew she did Weekend Update a bit with Aykroyd, but I wasn't super familiar with these early seasons. I didn't grow up with these, and I never really doubled back to watch them. And they didn't hit the re uh, the rerun circuit uh, when I was watching the Comedy Network very much. So anyway, Jane was a complete revelation to me. I, I And maybe... Um, you know, one can argue it. Well, is that why maybe you just didn't know what to expect? Uh, so it really lands with you more. But I don't know. I think it's more than that. She's just got so much going on. It's because you start as the straight woman on the show and you're doing, you know, you're just sitting there in your hot, long brown leather boots in the uh, the talk show chair and smiling at your guest. But then, oh, when they when she um, started to get to do the cone heads, she is my favorite cone head for sure. And she wears that apron. <laughs> Oh, I just I just found her development more than anybody else's so interesting to watch just from being that kind of more boring cast member to being Mm -hmm. the the kitchen dominatrix and the conehead wife and just taking more risks. Still my favorite weekend update anchor. I I think she kills it at that. Yeah. Mrs. Loopner and the nerds. And yeah, she's uh, and she's proven she can do weird, too. That's one thing that I think people forget. Um, And maybe it's because she was so straight laced behind the scenes or she was so familiar as being like the host of Consumer Probe or whatever. But uh, 
when they've given her weird, she's she's met the challenge. She's just a good actress. Uh, yeah. And I, I think, uh, you know, in addition to just being a, a funny lady, she, she's got some some real life acting chops, which I, I think she kind of brings to the show, which helps her disappear in it, perhaps to her own detriment. Yep. Yeah. And it's left me excited for season four. Because, yeah. I mean, really, this is the zenith of this cast's popularity, season mm-hmm. three and four. Uh, and arguably, it was just season three, which is uh, weird for me to say as I, lo- I'm, I look back on it now when I, I'm thinking about uh, so much more I want to see come. But you know what? I've already seen a lot of those legendary classic moments from this cast already. Yeah. Uh, so I know, you know, I'm under no illusions. The magic can't last forever. I want to thank you all for listening. Keep an eye out for some shorter episodes where Matt and I are going to talk about our favorites from the year. Uh, we'll be starting season four soon. And we've also got two episodes we recorded over the summer with our third chairs talking about their favorite sketch from uh, finding out what's the sort of group consensus on favorite sketch from season one. And also uh, reviewing the um, all, all the Gary Weiss films except one. <laughs> so, uh, yeah, until season four, we'll be looking at the stats. Here in Essen Hell.